0: Welcome into the Chiefs on Podcast. I'm Farzine Vesugian, and here to talk to you about Kansas City Chiefs football for the next half hour or so. And unfortunately, we will be talking about the first loss of the season. They're the first for everything, uh, including uh, the first loss for the Chiefs. So, a loss. Uh, added to the column there, uh, not the uh, not the prettiest of games either for for the Chiefs. I'm not saying there's uh, there is such thing as a quote unquote good loss or, or moral victories, uh, whatever you want to call it. But I think sometimes a team can lose a football game and you can still walk away not feeling down about it at least. And uh, I, I've got to be honest with you, just looking at the Chiefs through two football games. They're one and one. I get it, but through these two football games, we've seen more bad football than good football, especially on the offensive side. I, I feel like the defense was much better today, uh, or, or I should say uh, this past week, depending on when you're listening. Uh, but man, this is uh, this is a game where the Chiefs just really shot themselves in the foot i think if if the texans if i'm a texan fans watch watching this I, i'm gonna say hey look ugly loss we we dodged a couple bullets there uh but we'll, you know at the end of the day even the most ugliest of losses fans are gonna take it you'd rather have an ugly loss than than just lose or pardon me an ugly win than just lose so, the, it's hard, and by the way, I think as Chiefs fans, we've got to be a little fortunate too here, because that could have been a one-sided game, I, I, I mean, that that play, or the first drive for Houston, uh, I mean, they torch Marcus Peters, of course he made up for it, but I'll touch on his gameplay later on in the podcast, but... Man, there, there were times where the Texans really got the ball rolling and it looked like they were going to add some scores. They missed the field goal. Uh, one of the touchdowns barely overturned, not not called for towards them uh, getting the touch on there. Uh, so many things uh, also went Kansas City's way in terms of certain calls uh, or just even certain plays, just moments in which it looked like the Texans were going to strike and uh, put, punch the ball into the end zone and they didn't, so... Uh, I, I think both teams left this f- football game. If, if you're the Texans, you might be thinking, "Hey, we're, we're lucky to win this football game because the Chiefs could have gotten a couple of touchdowns. They had one called back on, on special teams, uh, and of course, on offense, the, the Chiefs got a little aggressive near the end, but couldn't get it done enough. And if you're if you're the Chiefs, let's be honest you you've you've got a, you should feel fortunate that this was a one possession game. And I know a lot of people are talking about There was a. Andy Ree talked about a flop, apparently, uh, that happened uh, on, on that uh, special teams touchdown with Tyreek Hill that got called back because of a holding penalty. Look, I, I'm not going to sit here. It's funny. I've seen uh, the number one liked comment on the Chiefs' uh, Facebook page is something about how the NFL is trying to protect their Golden Boy and J.J. Watt and how. Uh, how they don't want J.J. Uh, Watt to, to suffer another loss. Listen, man, uh, the, okay, sure, I guess J.J. Watt is one of the golden child children in the NFL, but the NFL doesn't control a high snap that Mitch Morse snapped to, over Alex Smith's head. They don't control Spencer Ware fumbling the football or, or the Chiefs just showing some lack of aggression. In this football game, and by the way, something that really bothers me is a lot of Chiefs fans uh, following this loss are saying, "Oh, it's the Texans." Uh, they, you know, they're a playoff team. They're 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 good. Uh, I mean, fans are making excuses that, and pretty much saying that the Chiefs lost to a good team. Well, first of all, the Chiefs are a playoff team, so. Let's reverse it. I, I mean, look—if you're a San Diego Chargers fan, and I know that's a hard thing to ask for a Chiefs fan, but for two seconds, if you're a San Diego Chargers fan and you watched your team give away a big lead to the Chiefs, are you gonna leave that football game saying, "Ah, it's okay, we blew a big lead"? The Chiefs are—they—they they went to the playoffs last year. No, absolutely not. I, I, I think fans love to make excuses after a loss and, and try to make make things uh basically they want to make it feel like it wasn't even a loss they want to sugarcoat it is what i'm trying to say and i gotta tell you i i'm not that kind of football fan and i i hope those listening aren't either if you are I, i've got to be honest this podcast isn't for you uh anyone who's listened over the years knows that i i, I don't come here to sugarcoat things i i, I don't uh, I, I don't, I'm not gonna try to paint everything and make it seem like everything's all right, because I, that was a terrible football game on the offensive side of the football defense. There were some mishaps there and why not? Let's just get into it. Uh, but for the most part, the defense, I feel like held their ground. They held the Texans to 19 points in this game, allowing just one touchdown. I don't think you could have asked much more from the defense in this game, especially on the road, playing the Texans. Early on, Brock Osweiler and DeAndre Hopkins, Will Full. I, those guys had Kansas City's number on defense. Uh, Marcus Peters got torched a couple of times in this game. Luckily, did not allow a touchdown. And I'll say this about Marcus Peters. He, he, some moment, he had some really bad moments. And actually, he did allow a touchdown. I take that back on that holding call right there. And I, I you can hear the mic uh, p- picking up on this where... Marcus Peters is complaining about how uh, Hopkins uh, was grabbing the back of him. Look, I mean, Peters made some contact there, and Hopkins is just trying to move his hand. Uh, And, of course, he wants to run his route because he's expecting the pass, and that's a holding call on uh, or interference, however you want to put it. Uh, That's a penalty on Marcus Peters. And on top of that, even though you held or interfered, still allowed the touchdown, which is not good, uh, at the same time, I think uh, Marcus Peters deserves credit for the plays he made in this game. One, after being tortured on a long play, a couple plays later, he came up with an interception in the end zone on a third down, and then also had an interception in the second half to try to help the Chiefs stay in this football game. Uh, Tom Bahaly also came through uh, when the Chiefs really needed a sack. Uh, Derek Johnson, a, a, a much more different Derek Johnson in this game compared to last week. Uh, we definitely saw the Derek Johnson that we're used to seeing. Uh Marcus Peters again had an up and down game uh against the Texans uh, uh some positives, some negatives. It's hard because Marcus Peters has been off to such a rocky start. Last week was uh, oh boy, I don't know what that was. Uh that that injury that the Chargers suffered with Keenan Allen. And by the way Danny, Woodhead, my gosh? Uh I I I I know we're Chiefs fans and all but uh you know, you never want to wish injury on anybody. Uh, and me personally, I've gone through a torn ACL before. It is not fun. Uh, And by the way, I do want to talk about torn ACLs and and, and torn meniscus. I actually tore my ACL and my meniscus at the same time. Not fun at all. It's it's, it's as painful as it sounds, trust me. But, man, the Chargers have been dealing with uh, some penalties. But uh, I digress. I I mean, that injury to Keenan Allen, if that doesn't happen, the Chiefs probably don't even have that comeback. And Marcus Peters just probably has a horrible day from start to finish. And... This defense, again, I think with Peters, he he was able to redeem himself a couple of times. So, you know, if we're going to get on a guy for how bad he was, I think we've also got to give credit to, and statistically speaking, uh, if if we're just looking at the box score, Peters looks like he had an amazing game. Four pass deflections, seven tackles, a pair of interceptions for 47 yards. So Marcus Peters, uh, you know, he's, uh, in terms of the stats books, He's making plays, but a lot of times what these statistics don't show and you need some of these premier statistics like a pro football focus to tell you, he did have some bad moments in this game. And this is actually the case last year with Marcus Peters too. You want to look at pro football focus. uh, I I don't have the number in front of me. I think it was in the 70s. I'll I'll try to pull it up right now as I talk about this. But Marcus Peters was not a very uh, high rated cornerback in the NFL last year. Uh, again, yes, he he co-led the NFL in interceptions uh, with eight. But again, th- I mean, those statistics don't tell the story every single time. So, and by the way, I'm I'm looking it up on Pro Football Focus right now. It doesn't look like they uh, allow. Uh, Pro Football Focus has changed quite a bit uh, the, over the last year. Uh, They're new. Uh, grading source that they uh, pr- provide—they—they uh, they, they don't show uh, statistics. Statistics from last year. Maybe I'll check it out after the podcast. But for right now, uh, you know, it doesn't show last year's numbers. Uh, I'll say this: right now, he's 27th. He's graded 27th on Pro Football Focus. So, uh, again, he's not as great as the statistics make him be. But at the end of the day, if you're coming up with interceptions, making up for those long plays that you allow. I feel like at the end of the day, you you need to be appreciated as a cornerback, and that's how you get your Pro Bowl ticket. So overall, the defense uh, much much happier with this defensive showing than last week. The Chiefs did a much better job getting pressure. Maybe not so much early on, but eventually they they got it together. Uh, a much better Tom Bahali this week than last week. D Ford uh, provided a couple of pressures there, got after Osweiler a couple of times. Uh, again, didn't get a sack, and this is something I really want to urge to Chiefs fans. Just because a player doesn't get a sack doesn't mean they had a bad game. If they're a pass rusher, uh, again, these are premium stats that aren't provided on, on certain websites like ESPN and NFL.com, but uh, he, he got in there. Uh, D Ford got in there a couple of times trying to uh, create havoc in the pocket for Osweiler, so defensively, what else could you have asked for? Yeah, maybe Marcus Peters and Philip Gaines, Nelson, those guys could have been a little bit better uh, defending the receivers because both Hopkins and Fuller caught for more than 100 yards. Now, again, uh, a lot of yards allowed. This was this has been a kind of a case with the Chiefs, as dominant as their defense has been. The, the, the weird thing about the Chiefs, uh, when Romeo Cornell was even the defensive coordinator, they still allowed a lot of yards but this is a defense. This was a bend, don't break defense. This is exactly how they've been uh, for the past what four or five years, really. And I'll say this: I know what we saw with the Denver Broncos last year and a very bad quarterback and Peyton Manning, who at one point led the NFL at the interceptions. Probably would have uh, had a long lead over Blake Bortles had he played all sixteen games uh but that Denver defense really just made up for it and of course that led to a Super Bowl win. Uh you just don't get that in every single team unfortunately. And Kansas City's defense I don't, I don't think it's it's far off from Denver's defense last year. Uh I mean, what do the Chiefs not have? They've got a very good defensive line. They've got probably uh some of the best group of linebackers that, that you'll see in the NFL, I, I feel like the secondary uh, again. That's an area of concern for me. But uh, as long as you have that premier, dominant pass rush, hey, look, you can you can make e- even some of the worst group of cornerbacks and safeties look very good. So, uh, Kansas City secondary again, not, not great, uh, but they still get the job done. And a lot of it has to do with the with the pressure. My my point is here: you can have a, a great defense, but it's not always going to translate to a win. Look at 2012. I, I know that Chiefs don't get a lot of credit for some of the good things they did that year in 2012. But listen, there's a reason why the Chiefs had six Pro Bowlers when they won just two games that year. That defense was incredible. That, that, that was a great defense out there. And unfortunately, there were some wasted efforts because the offense could never capitalize and reward the defense for their efforts. That's exactly what happened in this football game against the Texans. You can't go out there and go 20 for 37 and go on a long streak of incomplete passes and expect to win. Four sacks. I mean, the offensive line wasn't great either. I understand there were some injuries. And of course, the Chiefs almost went with six linemen dressed up for this game. They ended up having seven. Uh, but again, that, that that fumble on the on the sack there to Alex Smith, Char Kendrick West's fumble, uh... Demetrius Harris didn't fumble, but very lucky that the uh, officials ruled it an incomplete pass. By the way, I like that how uh, CBS, I don't know if Fox has done this yet, but I, I love how uh, they are. They, they did this twice, explaining why a call would go a certain way. And by the way, I I, I miss Mike Carey. Uh, I, I, I forgot to mention this. I heard he got let go by CBS before the season started. I'll tell you what, but even though he was wrong, he actually made it more entertaining, especially on the social media side when people, of course, make their smart-aleck comments about certain things that go wrong. It just adds to the entertainment value sometimes, not just football, for anything. I mean, you might be watching a bad TV show, but if you go on Twitter and read all these funny comments, it just there's still an entertainment value added even to something really bad. So uh, I do miss that part about the NFL this season and Mike Carey. But as far as the offense, man, uh, again, it could have been worse. It really could have been uh, the Texans uh, missed the field goal uh, and a couple of uh, touchdowns uh, missed uh, on the scoreboard. Uh, It was right there for Houston to take and they didn't do it. So They advance at two and zero. The Chiefs in this game. uh, And Cairo Santos, yes, he did have that kick out of bounds. uh, Very bad timing, but I'm not going to jump on him for that. Uh, Here's the thing: it's easy for me to say because I'm behind a microphone with a laptop right here and a a piece of paper with this rundown for the show that was the things I'm going to talk about. But um, it's uh, it's hard for me to see a kicker and see the width of the field being 53 yards and they kick it out of bounds. Uh, But again, uh, like I said, same thing with Marcus Peters. If I'm going to nitpick about that kick out of bounds, well, what else did Cairo Santos do in this game? Well, he collected every single point, all 12 points on the scoreboard for you. So, um, and again, uh, look at the game against... uh, This game really reminded me of the game against the Cincinnati Bengals last year. I don't know how well Chiefs fans remember that. That was part of the five-game losing streak. But Cairo Santos... He made all the field goals in this game. He made all seven field goals last year against the Bengals in that game. Uh, I think the Chiefs finished with 21 points in that game against the Bengals. Uh, Not three touchdowns, seven field goals. That's how the Chiefs got their 21 points. And I think it was just a two-possession game, too. It felt like a blowout because the Chiefs weren't getting touchdowns. The Chiefs moved the ball very well against the Bengals in that game. But they couldn't come up with a touchdown. And they had to settle for seven field goals. And listen, I'm all about taking the points because I feel like in the end... You will get rewarded. Look, the Texans scored a touchdown very early, but after that, they had to settle for four field goals. And I don't think they regret it because that helped them win the game. So, look, you might have, and again, this this happened again for the Chiefs against the Baltimore Ravens a few years ago in 2012, where they defeated the Chiefs nine to six in a in a field goal duel. So, take the points. You may have some games in the NFL. Where it's a field goal duel. And it might be boring as hell. Because look, this sport is about touchdowns, not field goals. But you'll still take the win. And it's funny. I, I, we say that now as fans, but when a kicker makes a 53-yard field goal with just two seconds left to win you a football game, uh, it, it's the it's the most exciting thing in the world. Speaking of long field goals, of course, Santos did make a field goal from 54 yards out. That's a career long for him. So again, uh, yeah, he had the uh, he had the kick out of bounds, uh, a very bad timing, but he also got you all of your points and also did it from uh, long distance a couple of times. Uh, so I can't I can't get on Cairo Santos too much. This football game's on the offense. It really is. The high snap, the the fumbles, the uh, all sorts of things that just happened for the Chiefs, uh the, the poor pass blocking. And again, I don't want to sit here and, and make excuses about how JJ J. Watt I mean the Chiefs owned JJ J. Watt last year in that playoff game, so it's not like JJ J. Watt is impossible to stop he's been stopped before obviously so this is pretty tough to take in for a chiefs fan uh and again and it's not just him of course Jadavian Clowney, i mentioned whitney mercellus who had the afc defensive player honor last week uh this is a good texans defense but i still thought kansas city's offense was capable of doing more Even against a a very good defense like Houston's. And of course, led by Romeo Cornell, we we all know how great of a defensive-minded coach Romeo is. Uh, I don't need to go over his uh, credentials and his resume. We all know what what he's been able to accomplish wherever he's gone in the NFL, even even with Cleveland. Even there, he had some highlights with that defense. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, I think he won 10 games with the Browns. That's the best they've had in a long time. So... Uh, Rack knows uh, how to build a good defense wherever he goes, and uh, the Chiefs fell short on this one. Uh, they were held to field goals uh, because of the dominant defense led by one of the best defensive-minded coaches in uh, in, in the game of football. So, again, like I said, uh, so many crazy reactions to you guys uh but by the way i forgot to mention this early on the show like my facebook page facebook.com slash farzine And you guys can also follow me on twitter at farzine 21 and also send me a snapchat farzine v f-a-r-z-i-n-v and i will personally respond to you guys uh, and uh let you guys know uh, send me a snap if you're listening to the podcast if uh you're watching a Chiefs game if you're playing Madden with the Chiefs whatever the case may be by the way funny thing i was playing Madden uh, i'll get to your facebook comments in a second but i was i was playing Madden and the uh it, what's so cool is they update the announcers uh so i, I, I guess they have the whoever does the uh, announcers the voiceover actors whoever they may be i am not I, I never pay attention to who who's calling the games but Uh, They come in and uh, they actually update what's happening in real time. They talked about the Chiefs' comeback win against the Chargers. They talked about how the Chiefs won 11 in a row. Sunday evening when I'm playing Madden, uh, the announcer goes, the Chiefs have won 11 in a row in the regular season. I don't know when their streak will end. That happened after the Chiefs lost to the Texans. Which, by the way, speaking of that winning streak, um, the Chiefs uh, pass on the torch to the Texans. The Chiefs did own... Uh, the uh, best uh, active winning streak in the NFL, now that belongs to the Houston Texans for uh, uh, best active winning streak in the regular season going back to last season. I want to get your comments on, on the Facebook page. Uh, I just simply asked what were your thoughts on the loss. Uh, Dan said uh, we were going to have it be the first half or the second half of last week's game. Sadly, we got mostly the first half of the Chiefs from the previous week. Uh, Troy said pathetic, Smith was abysmal O-line didn't show fumbles, penalties, and drops all over the place uh, David said, uh, we're good, Texans D is strong At least our defense looks fixed uh, We should beat the Jets Looking ahead, of course, to uh, this week uh, When the Chiefs play host to the New York Jets uh, John said, the fact that the Texans attempted five field goals should say something Stupid penalties and turnovers describe the game, uh, that, and I just don't see a fire on the Chiefs. Sean said, horrible planning and execution on offense. Defense did their job. Need to regroup and move in the right direction and quickly. Uh, John said, uh, my take on the defense. Uh, oh, this is the same John from earlier who talked about the five field goals. Says, uh... Uh, my take on our defense is that uh, we do well in covering the short field, but we have trouble co- covering the field, a, a large field, which that I completely agree with. And again, that goes to what I said earlier. Ben, don't break. I, I don't know why, but a lot of bad defenses seem to be better when it comes to red zone defense. And again, I don't know why that's the case, but uh, I, if you're going to allow a score, might as well let it be a field goal than a touchdown, which, is, which I'll, I'll be fine with. Uh, Daniel said the defense played well, offense was a dumpster fire, is what he called it. Uh, and by the way, Daniel uh, seems to have some of the uh, funnier comments on our page. He's that guy on our Facebook page. Uh, so, so Daniel, one of the funnier guys, uh, of course, on uh, on the Facebook page. Uh, I'll read a couple more. Bryce said you lose games if you can't put together if you can't put drives together because you're losing. Uh, The football, that being said, that's pretty uncharacteristic of Andy Reid's football teams. Uh, We are still beat up, minus two of our best players in Justin Houston and Jamal Charles. If we don't have all those fumbles, we might be talking about a different outcome. And I'm not even going to read the hashtags. It's all lowercase and I would have to take a moment to read all that. Uh, Dexter says, our offensive game plan lacks so much creativity, it's unreal. Tyreek Hill, I believe is who he's refer- referring to, uh, should be returning punts and kickoffs. And J.J. Watt should be double teamed repeatedly. Yeah, look, you know who you're facing. Uh, you know you're going up against J.J. Watt. Uh, with that being said, you've got to go out there and uh, and execute. Uh, the Chiefs did that last year, but for some reason not this year. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll read two more. Two more good ones. Uh, Joseph says, don't go burning your jerseys yet. Remember, this team is about breaking narratives. Houston is a playoff team that improved uh, during the offseason with a chip on its shoulder. Joe said, uh, the game was a letdown. I understand the referees have to call the penalties, but uh, that really needs to be taken into consideration whether or not it affected the play. Hey, I'll just say this. uh, The the hold on the kickoff return... uh, I think that's what Joe's referring to. Listen, man, uh, you you have bad calls in every single sport. Uh, it's, um, sometimes those bad calls happen at, at a crucial time. Uh, if if the score is 11-2, to 2, and if the umpire is just rewarding the pitcher with a gigantic strike zone, and by the way, umpires in baseball, I, I mean, those guys have really difficult jobs. They're standing the entire time, whether it's the top of the inning or the bottom of the inning. When it's when it's the top of an inning, or I'm sorry, the bottom of an inning at Kauffman Stadium, guess what? A lot of the Royals players are in the uh, in the dugout sitting. The umpires are, are there all nine innings. And a lot of times they want to get that game going. So I remember earlier this year, it was Eric Cosmer during the 11-2 uh, uh, blowout the Royals were facing. Eric Cosmer had two pitches. Both easily could have been called balls, but Instead, the umpire is just calling strikes, and Hosmer was pissed off and got ejected for that. Uh, a lot of times, these officials, uh, especially during a blowout, they'll just let certain things slide and not really call the game the way it should be. Uh, in that moment, again, bad call, and it's, it's it just came at a bad time. So bad luck there. You cannot do much about it. Uh, last comment, a different Bryce commented, said, too many mistakes against a playoff caliber team on the road, still had a chance to win despite all the turnovers and penalties, and and drop passes, Uh, need to hold serve at Arrowhead, and uh, a couple of road wins down the road will be fine, it's game two, we're missing 25 and 50, of course, uh, Charles and Houston, not panicking, And, and see, that's the mindset I have, yes, they're a playoff team, but you still you still lost that football game. Let me ask you this. If if the Chiefs are up 28 nothing on the Patriots, and, and I'm talking about a Patriots team with a healthy Gronk and an unsuspended Tom Brady, and if the Patriots come back, are you going to sit there and say, ah, oh, it's Bill Belichick in the Pats. Well, some people might accuse him of cheating, but you're not going to sit there and say that these are the four-time Super Bowl champions. You're going to be pissed off that you had the four-time Super Bowl champions right up against the wall, and you let them beat you. All I ask is, look, as fans, sure, be fans, but don't make excuses that the Chiefs lost to a good team. And I don't think the Texans are a great team, by all means. I mean, we all saw that offense, that Houston offense. Let's be a little honest here. But it's not like the Chiefs... I mean, or pardon me, the Texans are some Super Bowl contending team, And of course, now that I said that they might go on to be a Super Bowl contending team, but as of right now, on Sunday, they didn't look like it. So this was a a game the Chiefs really let slip away. I think the most frustrating losses are losses like these where you have opportunities right there and you just don't capitalize and that ends up being the difference maker in uh, in, in a game. Makes the difference between a, a victory and a loss. All right, I want to spend one moment talking about uh, something that's going on in the NFL. A couple weeks ago, I talked about how I don't think football games are worth attending anymore because, at least for Arrowhead's point of view, the parking has gone up, the price of parking. On top of that, again, some people are not tailgaters. I'm not a tailgater. Some people are, and that's okay. Some people arrive early. Obviously, if you arrive at 6 or 7 a.m., there's no parking chaos that early. But if you're like me, you you don't care to tailgate, you arrive at 9.30 or 10, you're in your car for two hours. And then, of course, following the game, you're in your car for another two hours. And there's another added element as to why it's not worth attending. It's not worth attending football games. Just from this Sunday, I have seen... Four different articles and videos of fights from different stadiums. And by the way, I don't know why Los Angeles is getting such a bad rep for football fights. I mean, let's be real. Football fights are happening across all 32 NFL stadiums. Or all 31. New York, of course, uh, the Jets and Giants share. But you get the idea. Why are we criticizing Los Angeles? Because this happens a lot at Arrowhead. And for people who I, I I know fans like to get defensive and say, "Oh man, it's those classless." Insert the the name of the team uh, where their visiting fans are, are are at your house. Look, man, that L, one of the LA fights we've seen so far this year. There were two Chiefs fans going at it, so let's not act like Chiefs fans are complete angels, because I, I think you can find a classless group of people throughout all thirty-two fan bases. I don't know what's going on, man. I, I remember there was a point in time where football w- football games are fun to attend. They really were. I mean, the, the, this whole chaos, uh, fights happen. Uh, you know, even in baseball games, soccer games, wherever. Uh, but it's it's rampant in NFL games, and I don't know why. I really don't know. Uh, I, I saw uh, I saw the LA video where a woman uh, was. Pushed by a guy and she landed On a kid and the father screaming Like the kid I mean the kid Appeared to be okay but he acted like the kid Suffered a torn ACL Uh, Another one In the parking lot of I I think A Cowboys game uh, A man Attacked a, a woman who Appeared to be very drunk and then Starts hitting another woman Who was trying to break up the fight Who was basically trying to be civil So I I, I, listen, I I know this is this sounds crazy, but I'd like to think that every single person that lives on this planet, I'd like to think everyone has some sense of logic, because I don't think people wake up in the morning getting ready to attend a football game and and telling themselves, oh, wait a minute, I spent all this money on uh, on a ticket. I'm going to pay for parking, a lot of money for parking, and I'm also going to pay money for beer overpriced, by the way. And I hope that I get into a fight and that I either one uh, get, uh, get uh, arrested or knocked out. Because let's face it, if you're involved in a fight, uh, <laughs> you're either going to get arrested, get knocked out, or, uh, or just you'll be escorted out, out of the building. And all the money you spent on parking and, and a ticket and for food, drinks, whatever, basically uh, out the door. Because you, you're, you showed up to fight someone. Look, man, I, I don't know what, where people just come up with this idea where they feel the need to fight people. I mean, if you really want to do this, I mean, go join the UFC or something, man. Don't ruin the game experience for other people who are really there to have a good time. Maybe take their kids and have a good time. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Are any of you parents out there? I'm not a parent, but are any of you guys not taking your kids because of some of these things? Maybe over price parking or bad parking situation or fights i don't know man to me it's not worth attending football games anymore and the home experience is so different nowadays i switched to direct tv right before the season got underway and i gotta tell you i'm in love with nfl sunday ticket it's a pretty fun thing and the chiefs of course have a 325 game this week i'm gonna spend my my time for the noon games on on nfl sunday ticket uh it it sucks because the Chiefs version, I mean, if, if you watch NFL Sunday Ticket, it's a little bit ahead of the Chiefs broadcast or whatever broadcast. NFL Sunday Ticket is basically ahead of whatever CBS or Fox is broadcasting across all these markets. But for the most part, it, it's fun. So I'll watch NFL Sunday Ticket and just flip whatever game is exciting for all the noon games. And then, of course, focus on the Chiefs game at 325. Um, the home experience is so much better. It just is. And I again, I don't know what's going on, why NFL games are like this, but the NFL has this uh, commercial that they run that says foot, uh, football is family. And I got to tell you, that, that's an utter lie right there. The NFL loves lying to its fans, by the way. And I got to tell you, I I don't know what it's going to take. If I knew, I'd be working for the NFL, solving all this and making a lot of money. But uh, the NFL's got to step in and do something because the in-game experience is not fun. Maybe the NFL's okay with this, by the way. Maybe they would rather have you be at home because of all the money that's being spent on these TV deals. So maybe in the end, the NFL's winning in, in these situations. And that's a bad thing, of course, because they won't ever solve things like this. Let me know what you guys think on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, What are your thoughts on the end game and and also the uh, pregame activities? The way the the negativity surrounding all these things happening in the NFL. Are you staying at home and watching from home instead, from the comfort of your own couch? Maybe you you have this nice little sports bar in your basement uh, set up there. Maybe you have multiple TVs where you watch CBS and Fox, whatever the case may be. I mean, is, is that something you're going with more instead? Let me know on Facebook and Twitter. Time to go around the NFL. All right, uh, Adrian Peterson, I don't even know if this guy's human. I I, I really don't. I talked about how uh, I I at one point uh, tore my ACL and my meniscus. Adrian Peterson tore his ACL in, I think it was week 16 of an NFL season, and he came back and dominated the NFL in just, what, six months? Here's Jamal Charles, who suffered his torn ACL in week, what, five or six? And he's still recovering. And again, I'm not bagging on Jamal Charles. By all I means, I, I think that's a very normal timetable, especially for a running back. For some reason, Adrian Peterson, man, this guy came back from a torn ACL in less than half a year and dominated. Adrian Peterson tore his meniscus, uh, according to multiple reports. And he's apparently going to play this week. Okay, I, I get it. I'm not a. I'm not a big, big size guy playing football, but I've torn my ACL and meniscus, and I I have no idea how in the hell these guys just get ready so much so quickly, or maybe just Adrian Peterson, how he's able to play this week. Um, again, I, I I've walked around quite a bit before my surgery with my torn ACL and meniscus. It, it's it's the most painful. I mean, it, it, it's painful. It really is. Uh, the things you go through before the surgery and then of course after the surgery and the recovery process again it's better from there but uh gosh adrian peterson i i don't know what to say i uh, i i'm starting to think that his knees are made of metal or something because that's not normal for someone to recover that quickly it, it, it's really not and I'm, I'm not accusing him of steroids or anything but he's a tough boy uh, i guess uh, i guess he's just that tough Speaking of tough, uh, a team that's showing toughness and not making any excuses. And this is what I said earlier. Let's not make excuses for the Chiefs. The Patriots, without Tom Brady, who's suspended for four games, without Rob Gronkowski, who's injured, the Patriots are winning football games. Oh, by the way, Tom Brady's backup, Jimmy Garoppolo, also got injured. And the Patriots are still winning football games. Listen, man, I, I don't know if there is such thing as an excuse. Uh, I know we say, we hear the phrase, I don't want to make excuses, but... And then, of course, we hear an excuse. Uh, man, I, I think if I've learned anything from the Patriots, and again, I, I've said this before, I'll say it again. I know the Patriots, uh, so, so much of Tom Brady and uh, Bill Belichick, I mean, people will associate they, them with uh, Spygate and... Deflate, get whatever. At the end of the day, man, they've won four Super Bowls. Four Super Bowls. And with their two best players injured, they're still winning football games. I don't know what 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 else you can say about this team. You could probably make all these excuses for all the thirty-one other teams. The Patriots aren't gonna make that excuse. Their standards are still high and their expectation is to still win. And I love that. And I wish more teams were like that. The Packers, I think, had, what, 15, 16 players go to IR the same year they won the Super Bowl in 2010. So let's not make so many excuses for uh, our teams. Go out there and play your game. Everyone deals with injuries. Everyone does. It's not a one team thing. It's not like the injury buck happens on just one team. Some teams get fortunate for one year where they don't have a lot of injuries. The Chiefs had that in uh, 2010. I think their worst injury was Tyson Jackson that year, and they ended up winning the AFC West. And they were very fortunate because they didn't deal with a lot of injuries. I think Matt Castle was out for just one game. That was it. Let's go out of bounds. All right. I'll say this, just like the New England Patriots, uh, if you want to look at another football team, maybe not in the NFL, but another football team out there that knows how to always win, Alabama, man, a uh, huge comeback win over Ole Miss. And again, hate Nick Saban all you want. I, I think it's easy to agree that Nick Saban and Bill Belichick are the two most hated coaches in the NFL and in college football, and guess why? It's because they win. All they do is win, and I hate them too because I want my teams to be like, my, like theirs. Uh, now, I'm a Kansas Jayhawks fan, so I think I need to uh, wish a little less on, on that side of things. But look, the, the, these good teams, even though you hate them, you've got to try to implement their game plan in some way. Uh, You saw the Chiefs try to do that, actually, when they had Scott Pioli here, uh, Romeo Cornell, Charlie Weiss. Let's be honest, I know uh, uh, Scott Pioli, no one's a big fan of his, but at the time, we all jumped up and down with that addition right there because we all thought that we were going to find similar success that the Patriots have had over the years. Especially when, when Romeo Cornell and... Charlie Weiss came in and what they did, of course, uh, we got all excited in the way that 2010 season was going. Uh, Unfortunately, they both took head coaching jobs. Cornell with the Chiefs, Weiss with the Jayhawks, Uh, not too good, not too good. (laughs) uh but great coordinators and of course they learned a lot from bill belichick they helped bill belichick uh they have a big hand in helping the patriots win a championship and many people had a big hand in helping the patriots have the success that they've had the past what 15 years and it's hard to find uh, teams that do this and alabama is one of those teams uh no matter what even though they have a lot of and it's harder to do with college football because all these players Keep graduating or move on in the NFL uh, in just a couple of years. Not even four full years. And Alabama still finds ways to win. And you've got to give a lot of credit to Nick Saban for what he does. I'll also give a lot of credit to the New York Mets. Because they know how to make a profit off certain things. Such as Tim Tebow signing with the Mets. They have Tim Tebow jerseys already on sale on the Mets website. He's probably not even going to play for the Mets Or at least not anytime anytime soon. I mean, it's a minor league deal, to to, to what I understand. He signed a minor league contract. So he's not going to be part of the 40-man roster unless the Mets really want to just add more publicity. I mean, look, you're in the biggest market in the country. I don't know what what more publicity you need. You are the New York Mets. You are the reigning NL champions. Uh, But teams will take it. And they're going to make a lot of money off Tim Tebow. They really will. Who knows if Tim Tebow will even be part of the team next year maybe he has a horrible spring training and he gets cut uh, at the end of the day the Mets are going to make a lot of money off Tim Tebow uh whether he makes the team or not for uh their AAA organization for 2017 it's a publicity stunt that's going to translate into a lot of money good for the New York Mets for taking advantage that's all this is money and attention time to throw some flags All right, uh, we're, we're going to stick to college football for a minute. Uh, South Carolina State's kick returner, uh, Ahmad Harris, oh boy, uh, just allowed one of the easiest touchdowns in the in the history of of, of the game of football. Uh, he caught the kick return in the end zone, and listen, this is a little different from punt returns, but uh, Ahmad Harris got the football. And he threw a live football to the referee. And it, the, the ball stayed in bounds. It never went out of bounds. It was a live football. And Clemson ran up to the football. And they caught the... Uh, they recovered the football in the end zone for a touchdown on special teams. I mean, they kicked off the football and got the touchdown. Um, ironically, Clemson was the same team. Their pun returner... Ray-Ray McLeod, uh, his head might have been in in a cloud, by the way, when he did this. Uh, He celebrated too early on a punt I I can't remember if it it was a punt return or a long offensive play. Uh, He gashed through the defense, but at the one-yard line, he drops the football. Then he went into the end zone, and uh, that went for a touchback. So, uh, man, I don't know what it is with college football players, um, especially return guys, and not focusing on... Uh, on the game really Uh, dropping live balls when they happen Herm Edwards I know did this a couple uh, he did this once with the Miracle at the Meadowlands Uh, Tyron Brackenridge against the Chargers in 2007 he actually dropped the football right before going to the end zone the referees missed it uh, but uh, gosh man these, these players need to make sure they're in the end zone with two feet then you do your silly dance Okay, maybe it's not silly. Come on, you got a touchdown. You earned it. You've got to dance. Especially on special teams or defense. But don't be silly and just drop the football before you get it. It's it's like catching a football. Make sure you have possession of it before you get too excited to do anything else. All right, uh, I got to throw a flag at this uh, gal. uh, K-State student named Paige Shoemaker. Um... You may know her as the K-State student. Uh, Actually, a lot of reports are saying that she's not a K-State student. Some are saying she's a K-State student. Some are saying she's not. And you know what? Let me just throw another flag because this is a flag for bad journalism. Okay? Uh, Again, again, reports are conflicted saying whether or not she's a K-State student. There's a report out there saying she got kicked out of her sorority for what she did. Again, I don't know how that's possible if there are other reports saying she's not a k-state student uh anyway look uh i don't care if your social media page is private uh you've got to be careful with what you say for those who don't know uh I, I can't really get too detailed with it here uh basically she had a, a, a black uh, a black face mask on uh, i mean she was at a spa somewhere getting her treatment and uh she wrote a. She did, had a Snapchat and wrote a racial slur. And her uh, her her uh, press release, I guess, on social media saying that she's not racist. She's open. Look, uh, you can't you can't make a, a racial slur on your social media account and then claim that you are not racist. All right, uh, just just a really bad move by some people on social media. People, by the way, on social media accounts. Uh, especially, uh, college students and high school students who are under 21, uh, you can see that they have a can, something that they're drinking, a cup, in their hand, and they blur it, making it obvious that there's beer in their hand. You might as well not even blur the thing. You, you make it even more obvious that you're hiding something that you might, not, you're, you're not supposed to have it, even though you're under 21. Look, I know a lot of people do it, but... Uh, at least don't blur it out. At least crops... Don't don't even take a picture with beer in your hand if you're under 21. Listen, man, I'm not saying that I was 100% smart in college. I I tried to avoid doing really stupid things, but some people just don't know what they're doing sometimes. They just don't. But hopefully, students like Paige Shoemaker uh, learned her lesson because... You can't get away with that, especially nowadays, with uh, some of the uh, some of the conflict that we have in our world, and and uh, certain things that people say that that catch fire. You've got to be very careful with what you put out there on social media. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Chiefs Stone Podcast. Be sure to like the Facebook page and follow me on Twitter and send me a Snapchat. Until then, I'll talk to you later this week. We will break down the game between the Chiefs and the Jets. Take care.